0: Uh, Good morning, everyone. So, I'll be starting off this session on knowing God the Father. Um, We have the first slide. A preacher once published on her Twitter or Facebook site saying, God is not mad at you. And to her surprise, within a minute, there were more than 1,000 responses. People were saying, this is exactly what I wanted to hear. Others were saying, is that really true? The situation is that um, because of the stories we read in the New Testament, people have the impression that God is very, God the Father is very judgmental. It's like he's waiting you to cross the line and once you do that it's going to bash your head but this is not really the true picture of god the reason is that even when we in our christian home so if we are not careful we can instruct our kids saying if you do that god will not be pleased with you we are sowing a seed of god as very judgmental and the reason is that because we read some stories in the new testament and uh, we can see God passing judgment. It is because we don't understand the full story. We don't understand what is going on spiritually. Paul says we understand in part, we prophesy in part. We only see exactly what God is doing, maybe in judgment, but behind it all, there's a bit more complex. So, in talking about God a further, I'm not going to be concentrating on stories. But what has God declared about himself? So if God, for instance, in 2020 was giving you a business card, what we got right on that business card? And so basically we're going to look at what God has declared about himself. And because it's only 10 minutes, I'm not going to be able to review all that. But we're going to read just two passages. So the first one is Exodus 6. It could appear on the screen and... Verses 2 to 3. So God spoke to Moses and said to him, I am the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as God Almighty. But by my name, Lord Jehovah, I was not known to them. So this happened after Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and said, let the people of God go, and Pharaoh increased their workload. God therefore spoke to Moses, I am the Lord. The second passage, we're all very familiar with us, when God, Moses asked God, show me your glory. So this is what happened. Then the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. And the Lord passed before him and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord God merciful and gracious, long-suffering, abounding in goodness and truth. This is who our God is, God the Father, the Lord, merciful and gracious. So we see here that God declared himself as Jehovah, the Lord, the self-existing or eternal one, the creator, Jehovah Elohim, the one who stretched for the heavens and the earth, the first and the last, The Alpha and Omega, the God Almighty, the Esher, the All-Sufficient One. That is who our Father God is. That is what he declared about himself. We have a a little glimpse of his greatness again in Isaiah. We just read it out, 40 verses 15 and 17. Behold the nations as a drop in a bucket and are counted as a small dust on his scales. All nations before him are as, as nothing. They are counted by him less than nothing and worthless. That is how great our God is. The question is, why does God declare, declare his greatness? There's no one for God to compute. God doesn't need to de- declare his greatness to anybody. I'm um, just going to suggest two reasons why God declare his greatness and his, and his power and his majesty. The first one is that we might find our help and our sufficiency in his greatness. God wants us to find our help and our sufficiency in his greatness. The interesting thing is that God offers himself. He says to people, all that God offers, he offers himself to us this year. He says, I am with you. And actually, this is the commissioning statement of God. When God called Moses, He said, I will be with you. Where God called Joshua, I will be with you. Where God called Gideon, I will be with you. God offers Himself, His greatness. He said, I am standing with you. I am with you this year 2020. And the crazy thing about is that it is for everybody. You know, we might say in the the, the Bible or in in the church that some people are apostles, some are prophets, some gifts of healing and faith, but God offers himself to everybody. We all have access to the greatness of God. In Hebrews, he says, Hebrews 35, he says, for God himself has said, I will never leave you or forsake you. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. So, God offers his greatness. I am standing with you. You can rely upon my greatness. I will not forsake you. Because of this, we can confidently say God is our helper as we step into this year. And when we understand the greatness of God, it builds confidence in us. And so, we can look at some examples. The Bible says that they that know their God, they will be strong. So, you look at David. David understood how great God the father is, and faced Goliath, and defeated Goliath. Daniel understood how great the God the father is, and was not afraid of the lion's then. The three Hebrew children understood how great their father God is, and were not afraid to, of the burning furnace of Nebuchadnezzar. They stood firm. They knew their God is bigger. And in the wilderness, they sent 12 spies to spy the land. Two of them, Joshua and Caleb, they saw their God bigger than the giants, and they entered the land. The other ten, they saw the giants bigger than their God, and they couldn't enter the land. So God declared his greatness, his majesty, his power, so that our confidence can be rooted in him that we can be assured that he is with us. He offers himself to stand with us, even as we step into this year. So whatever we might face this year in 2020, focus on the greatness of God. He offers himself uh, for you. The second reason why God declares his greatness and majesty is to stir our hearts to worship. This takes worship to a different level. We are not just worshiping God because he's good to us, he's done this for me. We are worshiping for who he is. And when we, especially when the going is tough, when the situation is saying, there's nothing to thank God for here, But when you begin to see the greatness of God and you worship, God will do great things. We can see some examples in the scriptures. We saw Paul and Silas; they were in prison. I mean, there was nothing to really thank God for being in prison. But they started to worship, begin to see a God that is bigger than the circumstances. And God, there was an earthquake, and they were released. And again, in the New Testament, we see Jehoshaphat going to war. And all they said, our God is good, his mercies endure forever. They were focusing on God. And the three nations that were arrayed against them, they fought against themselves. All they they were seeing their God bigger than the circumstances. So, this year, as we go into 1220, God wanted to know his greatness. So, take some time. Look at scriptures that describe the greatness of God so that your faith will rest upon the greatness of God. The second point I would like to speak about, and knowing God the Father, is the Father heart of God the Father. As we saw that when God spoke to Moses, he didn't just declare his greatness, he declared I am merciful, I am merciful, I am gracious, I am bonded to goodness. And actually, this is the root of our salvation. God the Father so loved that he gave. God the Father is so merciful, so gracious to us. He has not dealt with us according to our iniquity, according to what we deserve. He is so gracious. 2 Corinthians 5.90 says, God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting our sins against them, but cancelling them. God, this is the goodness of God. Contrary to the image that many people have outside the church, God is not holding our sins against us. Very gracious, very merciful. And so as we go this year, know God's grace and God's mercy is abounded towards you. The second point is God cares for us as a father for his children. And the very verse that summarizes is very well. I can't think of any other verse better than this on 1 Peter 5:17 from the Amplified. It says, casting all your cares, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns. Once and follow on on him, for he cares for you with the deepest affection and washes over you very carefully. God as a father, that is his heart. He cares for you with the deepest emotions, deepest affection, and washes over you very carefully. The number of hair in your hair are numbered. And God says none of them will fall without his knowing. Psalm 91 says that he gives his angels charge over us to keep us in all our ways. And he gives us an open invitation that how much more with your father in heaven give good gifts to them that are. That is the father heart of our father God. He's caring, he's compassionate, he's merciful, all he wants is come to him and And just relax in his hands as your father as you step into this year. And in leaving you, because it's only terminal, I don't want to use the term for guy. I'm leaving you with this scripture from from Isaiah 41. And I do believe that is the father heart of God for us this year. God is saying, as you step into this year, fear not. I am with you. I offer myself for you. Be not be dismayed. I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my right hand of righteousness. That is the father heart of our father God, standing with you this year, promising he will help you. No matter how the going might be, he will stand with you. And as I said, the father heart of the Father God gave his son for us. And now God will speak about his son.
1: Good morning, folks. Happy New Year to you. How wonderful to know that God cares for us as our Father, that he is powerful, that he is kind, he is caring. Um, Knowing the Son, we've recently celebrated how the the Son of God came to earth uh, at Christmas. And he came to be known, yes? And this morning, the Son of God is accessible. Yeah, He explicitly came to be Emmanuel, to be God with us, to be known. And some of us have known the Lord Jesus since our childhood. And that's a wonderful thing. Yeah, that, that's, that's really wonderful. That wasn't the case with me, and it wasn't the case with a number of us. I came to know the Son of God, the Lord Jesus, in, in my 20s. And I was introduced to him as someone who is alive, and when I was introduced to him, to the Lord Jesus, I became alive. Yeah? He, 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 made, he made me alive. And, and this morning, I, I want to um, honor the Son of God. I want to honor the Lord Jesus, basically by, by telling you my story. Yeah? Or at least the first part of it, yes? I've got 10 minutes, and I'll spare you. I do want to do this to honour the Lord, and I want, I want you to see, I, I, I pray that your faith will be stirred, yes? Perhaps you'll be stirred to come to faith this morning. Perhaps your faith will be stirred that you can see others come to know the Son of God, regardless of their background. I'm going to read from First John chapter 5, verse 11 and 12. It's the testimony of God, and it says, this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son does not have life. I have life. I have the Son. I have life. I'm alive. The um, next slide, please. Um, This is the the first picture of Guy. Um, This was my, my christening my my parents meant meant well. I'm clearly trying to get away from the occasion at that point, and my my parents used to take myself and my brother to church. We used to go to to weddings, and some years we went at Christmas. That was my the extent of my my knowledge of of, of church. Um, it was in secondary school that um, I was given a, a New Testament. And I read that little New Testament. And there were two parts that particularly struck me. One was a passage that, to a younger man that says, treat younger women as sisters with absolute purity. And I knew I hadn't kept that noble standard. The, the other... The other part that really struck me was addressed to people who, like me, are inclined to worry. And the verse says, present your request to God. And the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. That peace that passes all understanding sounded wonderful to me. I worried about anything and everything. I worried about exams. I worried about meeting my parents' expectations. I worried about my shyness and my inability to, to relate to people. I worried about what, what others thought about me. You'll, you'll notice there's a trend here. I worried about me. I mean, the world was guy-centered, <laughs> yeah? But, I, oh, I so wanted that piece. I, I attended a, a lunch club run by Christians at school, and the main attraction was the chocolate biscuits. They were they were dark chocolate digestives. And I remember going on a week's camp and that was part, run by these Christians, and it was kind of revision in the day, and it was kind of Christian talks at night. And I I remember going on a walk with one of the teachers, and I so wanted to... Be introduced to Jesus. I so wanted to have this Christian life. And I was walking just with this one teacher and I was kind of plucking up the courage to ask him. And I was so disappointed when I realized he'd taken me on a circular walk and there was the door of the place where we were staying. And I thought I'd missed my opportunity. And I could have saved myself quite a few years of pain if I'd taken the opportunity. You can take the opportunity to know the Lord Jesus this morning. I can't think of any good reason for putting that off. You can take the opportunity. But I, but I, um, I didn't. I, I, I kind of missed, I missed it. And... Um, Four weeks after leaving school, I went to the Western Isles. Um, I've put up where the Western Isles are there. It's, it's not Burns country, as Peter and Fiona will know. It, it's, a, it's a different culture altogether. And and I went there, but I wasn't really very skilled. My kind of inner-city upbringing in London hadn't really equipped me for the crofts, for the small holdings of the Western Isles. And so I, th- I then made my way to, to Inverness. It was the nearest town I'd heard of. And um, so I, I went there, and I, I lived there for many years, actually. I, I got a job as a forest worker. I worked with a chainsaw when Jocelyn met me later on when I became a Christian. I had muscles. I, you know, that, that, I know, I know, I know. Hey, come on. <laughs> and, and that's what I did. And I had no thought about the Lord Jesus at all in those years. He never crossed my mind from one year to the next. I, I never thought about him at all. From time to time, I'd go down to, to London to visit my family. And one, on one occasion, I visited my cousin, and she was taking heroin and cocaine to feed her own addiction. That kind of shook me. Um, for once in my life, I began to think about other people. It kind of shook me. About a, year, about a year later, still no thought of God, by the way, no thought of God. About a year later, she, she wrote a, a letter to me, and she put it in an envelope. I've got a slide of an envelope here. That, that, that's the Gmail sign. Um, that's an envelope, yeah? And, she, um, and she, she wrote three bizarre words on the back of the envelope. She wrote, God loves you. And I mocked her to my colleagues in forestry. And I said, she was a drug addict, and now she's a religious I don't know what. I said, I'm going down to London for Christmas, and I'm going to get converted. Mocking her. When I arrived, I, 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 was, I was amazed at the change in her. She had such peace. The Son of God had given her life. She had, she had that peace that passes all understanding. And I thought to myself, like, whatever she's got, I want that. I really did. But I was also pretty skeptical. And I asked question after question after question. And one night, I asked her a question, and my question was, I, I, I can't say at that time I particularly cared for the animals, you know. I don't want to dis- disappoint you, but I, I really didn't. But this was my question. I said, what happens to the animals when they die? And she went quiet. And part of me thought, I've got you. You can't answer my question. And then she tenderly looked me in the eyes after pausing and she said to me, Guy, you're not an animal. What's gonna happen to you when you die? Well, I knew because of the way that I treated younger women, I knew that I wasn't going to be with God. I hadn't treated them with absolute purity. I knew that. I wonder if you heard that question. If you were to die today, and obviously I hope it doesn't happen. (laughs) But if you were to die today, do you know without a shadow of a doubt that you would go to be with God? I'm not asking how long you've been in church. I'm asking, do you have that assurance that you would know to be with, go to be with God? And that night, I I asked God to forgive me. Nobody knew. I just asked Him to forgive me, and I became alive. And He gave me a peace that passes all understanding. And He changed me very quickly. I went back to Inverness. I didn't know any Christians. I didn't know any Christians in Scotland. I didn't know a single one. And I asked a friend if she could recommend a church, and she said she, she recommended a, a church, and I went along, and Bob and Emily, a couple in their 60s, said to me, Guy, would you come back for Sunday lunch? I was too shy. I said no. The following week, they said, Guy, again, would you come back for Sunday lunch? Oh, I'm you, Roast beef. Yorkshire pudding, real vegetables. It, it, it really did beat my tuna bolognese. And they, they, they invited me week after week after week. And they encouraged me to read the Word of God, and they loved me. And in the very early weeks, they, they told me that I needed to be baptized, because that's what the Lord Jesus wants, and so that's what I did. For 2020 to know the Son of God, I want to encourage you, I know, I know you've heard this already, but I want to encourage you with the, the King's Bible reading plan. That would be my top tip, if you want to know the Son of God more, yeah? To, to read the Word. And secondly, perhaps you know him already, I would encourage you to, to do what Jesus did, to do what Bob and Emily did, to love others and to teach them the Word of God. This Thursday we've got an opportunity to come to pardon. You'd be very welcome. Thank you.
2: Are you up for the most potentially the most important mission of human history? I believe Jesus is saying, "Be filled with the Spirit and go and be my witnesses to the ends of the earth." He says, "Be filled and be my witnesses. Share the good news about Jesus that we've just been hearing about." Jesus came on a mission to seek and to save the lost. It says in Luke 4:18, "The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, as Caris pointed out earlier." Uh, to preach, to proclaim the good news to the poor. And just before he's arrested um, and and crucified, he's praying to his heavenly father, and he's saying, uh, as you sent me into the world, so I have sent them. He's then crucified, raised again to life, and he's again on the earth for another 40 days, being seen by about 500 people. And just before he goes, It says he orders the disciples to stay in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit comes upon them. And then they will be given power. And they um, they will be his witnesses to the ends of the earth. So, we're now waiting for Jesus' return. And why are we waiting? Why are we still here on planet earth in life as we know it? It's because it says, it says, God does not wish that anyone should perish, but that all should come to repentance, that all should come to know him. So, are you up for the mission? I used to think the Holy Spirit was only for certain people, for mature people, for holy people. I thought I, I don't deserve the Holy to be filled with the Holy Spirit, and I was absolutely right about that one. I like to be right. Um, <laughs> But what I hadn't realized was that actually, until someone pointed out, none of us deserve deserve to be filled by the Holy Spirit. Um, It's only because our Heavenly Father, it says our Heavenly Father loves to to pour out his Spirit on us, loves to give good gifts to his children, to those who ask him. So... um, So I so I think he's he's it he says I will pour out my spirit on all peoples. Jesus says, uh, if anyone is thirsty, come to me and drink. The spirit is for all of us. Now I hear some people say, oh well, um, yeah, if God wants to fill me with His spirit, then 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 He'll do that. But actually, I think Jesus wants us to ask. He says, those who ask receive, um, and the heavenly Father will uh, will. Be more than able and more than ready to to give His Spirit to those who ask Him. So I think He wants us to ask. Now, for me, after some time of asking, when the Holy Spirit came upon me for the first time that I was aware of, I found myself more in love with God. Uh, I, I felt set on fire for God. I was running around the meadows singing, "Your love is amazing." Um, yep. Yeah. And um, and as I was reading the Bible, the words came alive. The Bible came alive to me. I was suddenly more passionate about God. I started speaking in tongues, which the, the Bible talks about is, a, is like a, a prayer language that helps us to praise him and pray and be built up in him even more. And not only that, but people around me were noticing a difference. They were noticing a change. I was becoming less annoying. It was a win-win-win situation. And so I think, yeah, I would totally agree with, with Jesus when he says, uh, this is crucial so let's ask and be filled. As, and as we're continually being filled with the Spirit, we become empowered to live the life to, to, and live the mission that Jesus is calling to us to. But I think we have a choice. We can choose to come to God and ask for him to use us, or we can say, yeah, thanks God, but actually um, no thanks. And to my shame, I remember in second year of small group one evening, I actually, rather than saying God, how do you want to use me? What are you saying? I said, I actually said, God, please don't speak to me. Please don't give me anything. Um, basically, I, I just thought I don't know what I'm doing. I, and yeah, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, I'm scared of getting it wrong. And essentially, um, I guess I was focusing on myself and my weaknesses, and not on God and His. <laughs> his amazingness and the fact that he might want to use us uh, to bless others but actually I now realize that yeah he's not waiting for us to be sorted before we come to him and be used by him he's he's saying come to me my perfect is made power uh, is it, my power is made perfect in weakness so let's come to him in our weakness it says the the spirit will helps us in our weakness so, um, about eight months ago, I came back from New Zealand, or I was coming back from New Zealand. I'd been there for about 20 months. Um, I was uh, I was quite tired. It had been a 17-hour flight. I was hot and sweaty because I was wearing multiple layers, multiple coats, about five, because my suitcase was too heavy. <laughs> <laughs> um, smooth, yeah, it was. And... Um, but I was really looking forward to seeing my friends. I had some friends that were going to pick me up from the airport in Edinburgh, and then I was going to see some other friends later that evening. So I was, I was pretty excited. Um, and then I get to the next checking gate and realise I don't have my passport. Uh, yep, I managed to leave it on the last plane. And, um, and so I missed my connecting flight, and I was absolutely gutted um, and tired. And uh, I didn't know when I was going to... next. When I 'd be able to get another plane plane home or in the right direction, um, but i just I just said to God, I probably groaned to be honest, but I was like, "Oh God, please help me to be up for whatever you want to do in this situation." Um, to be honest, I thought it was going to be some character building experience, but <laughs> um, <laughs> so I went and sat down on um, some seats. There are about fifty to hundred seats with no one sitting on them sat down on the very end one, and believe it or not, in my disheveled uh, state, this guy comes and sits just in the seat one from me, and I'm kind of like, "Mm, really, I really don't want to engage with this guy, Um, I'd quite like to leave, but obviously I'd have to put on my millions of layers to move, Um, (laughs) and I just felt this prompt, I just felt this prompt, get your Bible out. Now, I think, I think that was the Holy Spirit prompting me. And as I got my Bible out, um, this guy just started asking loads of questions about Christianity. And I was able to, to share the good news about Jesus with him. We watched an Alpha promo video. We, we found a church local to him that was running the Alpha course. So a chance for him to, to find out more. I had a tatty Knowing God personally booklet and gave that to him. Um, uh, and suddenly having been felt feeling really sluggish and gutted, and I was actually feeling, oh, man, God, you are amazing that you've managed to turn this around. Um, and, yeah, so I think he's just saying, come and um, come in your weaknesses, come when you're not really feeling like it, um, and he can use us. So so we've got a choice. Now, I think God sometimes prompts us um, to do stuff. And then I think sometimes just as we're praying and asking God to use us for his kingdom purposes, then we see stuff, stuff hap- just happen. So I, I have, um, sometimes I have people coming and staying in my flat through Airbnb. Um, and a Chinese guy got called Gordon, who's not here this morning, but he's kindly said I can share his story. He was just staying for a few nights. And we got chatting in the kitchen one evening, talking about faith and he was saying well i'm an academic and i'm i'm into my research um and i said have you researched the um have you researched into the evidence for christianity um and going on he said well i'm open because i was really impacted by someone um but i knew a christian earlier on so fast forward maybe just actually a week and he comes along on a sunday morning and he says i I, was, um, I found myself crying, and I felt this really warm feeling. A guy, helpfully over coffee, was pointing out, this was God, Gordon, this was God. Um, and so we've been doing p- the pod course with him. Uh, we've moved on to pod two, actually. And uh, he's been coming along to small group, feeding us with dumplings. Um, and a month ago, praise God, he accepted Jesus as his Lord and Savior. He became a Christian. Um, so let's, yeah, let's be encouraged uh, that God can use us in, in every day and, and looking to be used by him for his glory. Now, a key, a key part of Gordon's story that I've not shared is that he would say what really impacted him was the servant cleaner in, that was working in his family when he was six or seven. He said she, she couldn't read or write. And she was quite old. I think she's now died, but she was so good and so kind and so patient. And he said, "Me and my sister were so angry, and yet uh, she, she, uh, sorry, so, were so naughty, and yet she um, never got angry." And then in Pod two, we've been looking at the Holy Spirit and the gifts, uh, the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians five twenty, twenty two, love, joy, patience goodness, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And he said, that reminds me of the servant cleaner. Isn't it amazing that 25 years later, a man that gives his life to Jesus says, actually, when I was six or seven, the servant cleaner just impacted me by the the way she was. It sounds like she was a woman that was walking full of the spirit of God, and showing the fruit of the Spirit in her life. I think that's, yeah, so whether we're young or old, whether we're educated or whether we can't read or write, whether we're exhausted, actually God can use us to see his kingdom come, to see people come to know him. So, are you up for the mission? Assuming that you are, let's... um, yeah, let's come to God uh, and ask to be filled with his spirit. Not because we deserve, um, but actually because we've got a heavenly father who loves to give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. Let's come to him and ask to be used for his kingdom purposes, not because we've got it all sorted, but because he's got it all sorted and his power is made perfect in weakness. And let's let's be filled and be his witnesses not out of a sense of obligation, but out of a love for God and a love for others because we know that it is not his will that anyone should perish, but that all should come to know him, come to repentance. So let's ask, let's be filled, and let's be his witnesses to the ends of Edinburgh and to the ends of the earth. Okay, so had a bit of text chat with Guy about the fact that if we're having a morning about knowing knowing God, um, then it would feel um, as, as Guy put it, it would be like putting cake on the table and then not inviting your guests to eat it. Um, talking about knowing God and not giving people an opportunity actually to come and enter into relationship with him. So um, so I just want to give people an opportunity now. That my, I, think there's, I, I think there's probably three responses that I'm going to go for. One is it, if, actually if you're in that place where, like Guy, you want to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior for the first time. Um, so really what you're doing there is you're recognizing that your way of living is going against God's way and actually realizing that's not a good thing and you want to, it says, repent turn from your own way of living and go God's way you're saying so I'm sorry God for what I've done you're coming and saying thank you Jesus that you came and died on that cross um, that I could be forgiven and then you're saying please forgive me and please help me to live the life that you want me to by your Holy Spirit so I'm going to give people a chance to respond to that in just a moment I think there's another response is for people um who maybe haven't had that first experience of being filled with the holy spirit where um f- for me that was like that was life changing I, I felt like exponential growth from that point it's like Pow! I was sud- I was suddenly loving god and passionate about him having and, and the bible just came alive so if that's not happened for you yet, um, then it would be great if you say for you to say, yes, actually, I'm thirsty and I want to come too. And then I think the th- the third response, which I think will hopefully include all of us, because <laughs> we all need more of God's spirit, um, is for us to come and, and be filled again and ask the Holy Spirit. So I think those first two responses, uh, one, uh, the first response I think would be good just to give you a chance to, to raise your hand in the air and say, yes, I I want to come to know Jesus. Um, and we will, um, yeah, we'll be able to come and have a chat with you later and talk through things and um, see whether that's the decision you want to make today. Um, two, if you want to to be filled with the Spirit, then we've got a prayer team. I'm sure they would love to pray, both with those of you who, who are accepting Jesus for your Lord and, as your Lord and Saviour, and those who want to be filled with the Spirit for the first time. And then I think for all of us, I think yeah, pray with each other. Um, pray in small group um, that we would be filled with the Spirit with boldness and courage to be His witnesses to the ends of the earth. Okay, so I'm not going to draw this out because I'm aware we're kind of running over. So um, if that's you if if you're if you're in this uh place of wanting to accept Jesus as your lord and Savior for the first time um I'm just going to pray pray a prayer that you can follow with me in your heart and then um it would just be good to to see a hand in the air after that to see if if that's what you've gone for and if maybe small group leaders could keep your eyes open too just' um so that we can uh, try and help support you through that. Okay. Oh, yeah. We just come to you, God, um, in our weakness, and we just want to say, I'm sorry for going my own way and not going your way. I want to thank you for dying on that cross for me, that my sins and my wrong way of living could be forgiven. And I now say, please forgive me, and please help me to live for you. Uh, Please give me your Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay. So if you could just raise your hand now, if you made that decision, then that would be great. Okay. And now... Um, and now I'm just going to pray a general prayer for all of us, that we would be filled with the Spirit, and go out boldly and be his witnesses, and then please don't, don't let this moment go, go to the prayer, prayer team, people in red jackets, and they would love to pray with you and for you. Oh God, we, we love you, we thank you so much for what we've been hearing this morning, that you are so good, and that you love us so much, Um, and we thank you so much for the privilege of being asked. Uh, by you to, to enter into this mission with you. We just ask for your Holy Spirit to come um, and to fill us again and again and again, that we would be full of, uh, of power to be your witnesses to the ends of the earth. Amen.